I know NFT, non-fungible token, is essentially, so essentially, like you said, a badge, an online badge, or like uh, you played Pokemon growing up, right, on, on Game Boy or whatever. So you go to the gym and you win a badge when you beat the gym leader. So an NFT is essentially like, I mean, and people are like, well, it's a badge. Well, you just put it in your little collection. Like literally on Pokemon, it's digital, but literally in today's world, an NFT is digital. So it's just a collection. It could be a poster. It could be a representation of an album. It could be, like you said, the, uh, what is it? The Bored Apes. Welcome back to Your Voice First podcast. Today's guest, Rich Nixon really fun jam sesh where I get to talk with someone I originally met back in Columbus, Ohio. I've transitioned from AI over to Web3 and some of my friends now ask for help. So we get to jam with Rich Nixon about NFTs, DAOs, earning crypto natively, getting paid, using your crypto credit card and debit card to spend money, kind of all the ins and outs of Web3 from a person that has been looking at Web3 but has not actually done anything on chain. Without further ado, here is Rich Nixon. So it's not easy. Um, I followed you since you were here mm-hmm. back in Columbus. You were on Hudson and you were doing interviews with artists and stuff. Yep. <laughs> um, the, the Alexa for musicians. Good memory. So probably somewhere around 2018, 2019-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually interviewed one of the artists that I work very closely with, uh, Quilly G. Um, so I've been following you since then. I would say like, I really like your content. Um, the mindfulness, the awareness, the meditation, um, your connection to the earth, your connection to people and beings, um, which is a, I wouldn't call it a weird, I wouldn't say odd, but like your mix of opposition of like earth and like person and being groundedness. And then like you being tied into web three and tech and stuff like that. Uh, makes for a really good combination. Um, but yeah, I followed you since then. I really like your content. You've done you've done some things for me. You put a lot of things in perspective for me, especially in the hard times that I've had. Um, and so I came to you because like, so I like, I pay attention to a lot of this stuff and I see a lot of it, the Web3, the crypto and stuff. Um, but I don't know how to like tangibly get my hands on it, nor am I like confident enough to do the certain things but watching you has like shown me that like, Hey, it's doable. You just got to have somebody point you in the right direction. I agree. 100%. Definitely need to say thank you for all those uh, words of affirmation. It's uh, my biggest love language. So, so thank you for that. Yeah, I would. uh, Yeah, I I do my best to help. It's funny. I, I I'm in bankless DAO as well. And DAO is um, how familiar are you with the concept of a DAO? A DAO? Explain that. In, so a, the, the description, DAO, D-A-O, Decentralized Autonomous Organization. In the simplest fashion, a DAO is a group of people, a group of homies, and a treasury. So for example, you and Quilly G and a producer and a master all want to work on a project. You guys all want to reap the benefits. You guys can very easily, quickly spin up a DAO where each of you are token holders of that DAO. And the goal of the DAO is to produce this project. And then as the project continues to scale and grow, you all have ownership of the decentralized organization that kind of birthed that project. But in the simplest respect, it's just like a group of people in a treasury. I'm, I'm building Sweetman DAO 
for my family. And what that's going to be is a more like transparent and uh, like contractual form of the inheritance that I'm going to pass down to my children. And like right now, I like, I want to be able to create something for my family and make it concrete. And even if I don't know everyone in my family to give them an on-ramp to be able to get into my family and benefit from being, from having the Sweetman name. And so like DAOs give us the on the technology and the infrastructure to be able to make that happen. Um, All right. So I've heard of that and I've seen it. I didn't necessarily know exactly what it was. Yeah. So that that's a DAO. And I was talking in Bankless DAO and one of the things that they talk about often is onboarding. And they talk about onboarding. And actually, a lot of people in, in general talk about onboarding into Web3. And they just talk about how challenging it is. And some people have the challenge like downloading MetaMask. Other people think that NFTs are a scam. And I'm, I'm kind of curious, where are you at in terms of your onboarding into Web3? Um, what, what would you say you've done so far? What would you say are some of the things you haven't tried? Um, so I, like I haven't really tried any of it. But I know I, I would tell I, I think I know more than the average mm-hmm. person, and I think I'm way more open to it than the average person. And uh, I have a few like specific questions for you. But like, so I know NFT non fungible token is essentially so essentially like you said a badge, an online badge, or like uh, you play Pokemon growing up, right? On on Game Boy or whatever. So you go to the gym and you win a badge when you beat the gym leader. So an NFT is essentially like, I mean, and people are like, well, it's a badge. Well, you just put it in your little collection. Like literally on Pokemon, it's digital. But literally in today's world, an NFT is digital. So it's just a collection. It could be a poster. It could be a representation of an album. It could be, like you said, the uh, what is it? The Bored Apes. Um, all of those things, like a non-fungible token. And NFT is essentially just a, a digital token, a digital badge that you have in your collection. Yeah, um, you've got a solid understanding. You even you even got the the for sure. Like I said, I pay attention, dog. Like and like, I'll tell you more about like what I'm doing music wise and with my business and where I want to go. But like, I pay attention and I have a degree in mass communications. Like I went to school for this, so like, I make like right now at my age where I am right now. Like, no, I'm not participating in the stuff, and this is like my forte into it. But like, I'm soaking up and I'm paying attention. So like when I do start like playing my cards and start like getting into it, actually, like I know what I'm doing. So like that is an NFT. Um, I know cryptocurrency, whether it's Bitcoin, uh, was it Ethereum, um, Dogecoin, just all the little coins. It's just literally just a cryptocurrency online and you can have a crypto wallet. Um, so essentially you pay money to have a coin or a piece of a coin, which essentially would people to understand cryptocurrency it's just another word for a stock. Like it's just a digital stock that like, it's not a stock market. It's just a crypto market and people don't really see it as such, but I mean, essentially like give or take certain understandings and definitions, it's just really a digital stock that people really haven't grasped yet. Um, and so I know you can just, like you said, like I, I haven't gotten into Coinbase. I want to get into Coinbase so I can start like trading the cryptos and I can start earning and making money from it. Um, I know uh, Zuckerberg with this whole metaverse, essentially what I see Zuckerberg trying to do. Um, have you ever seen the movie Ready Player One? Absolutely. So like essentially Zuckerberg's trying to create what Ready Player One is. Literally a place you can go with your avatar in a digital world and walk around in a digital world. 
which in Ready, in, in Ready uh, Player One, which I really love that movie. It's it's a five star five star movie out of five stars. Um, you can you can have a digital avatar. You can do things in the digital world. You can buy things in the digital world for the real world. You can make money that you send into the real world. Um, I think I mean that's kind of like my general grasp of Web three crypto crypto web. Um, Phenomenal. I would like to know if there's other things that I'm missing, and I would like to like there's other things that I need filled in on. Just like <laughs> you know, a I want to I I congratulate you on your knowledge so far. Like you, you, you ran through the gamut, and what I really appreciated was the uh, metaphors you used for each. I got NFTs or like Pokemon badges. For sure. are very relatable for me growing up playing Pokemon. You go into a gym, you beat them, you get the badge. It's in your wallet. Anytime you want to check, you just open up not your Pokedex, but it was like a section of your Pokedex. You got all your badges. Crypto, another word for for stock. I'm yeah. Neither of us is giving any financial advice on the show, but I think very apt like mental model. And then metaverse talking on like how are different businesses that are currently sure. in Web two moving over to Web three. I I love that this that Zuck renamed to Meta because it's now made it anybody has have has to have like a base level understanding of metaverse, and it can now come into any conversation because everybody uses Facebook. So now like good work to him for bringing this vernacular in our mainstream. So like, I, I, go ahead. So I'm 50, I'm 50, 50 on that. I'm, like half of me is with you is like, he used a word and he took something that like, essentially he's going to, he made meta very relatable, very understandable for everybody. So like, and granted it's 2021 now by 2023, everybody will at least know what the metaverse is, whether they're in it or not, they're still going to know what it is. But I also don't like it because he took something that's not necessarily only his and like geared it towards Facebook and his. And I don't want to say it confuses people, but essentially like it turns Zuck into the Amazon or the Walmart of Web3. Oh, that's a good comparison. Nice. Yeah, so it's like he slapped his big <laughs> stamp on it and said, This is this is mine, nobody else is okay. Exactly. Okay. And and everybody else is like, well, I'm not, I don't like Facebook, so I don't want to be a part of it. It's like, you don't have to be a part of Facebook to be part of Meta, the Metaverse. But he's like, like you said, put a stamp on it. And so a lot of people will not be able to like differentiate or see the difference. But it's all in business. He knew what he was doing. Because um, when I first heard it, I was like, why is he renaming it that? And then I hear like, oh, Metaverse and all this stuff. I was like, oh, now I see why he's making an umbrella of Facebook and Instagram and everybody else. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I got to ask about the mass communication. Uh, you said mass communication grad, right? Sure. I meet a lot of sure. software engineers that have come over to Web3, meet a lot of recently artists that are jumping over to Web3. Everyone has their own like lens from For wherever sure. they came from and now hearing about Web3 and then kind of coming into this space. From from your background in terms of like mass communication, how, how has Web3 sure. appeared to you? Like, gamers have like a negative reaction to nfts and they're like oh this is top-down hierarchy we we don't like this in gamers we reject it in a lot of sustainability communities they say oh this stuff's not good for our planet we're going to reject it like would you say that mass communication people or i guess you specifically has it been attractive or have read so um so like i'm more i would say i'm more like the music and the hip-hop side of things and less of like mass communications and news but i like i try to like stay well versed and well like grounded into both um i would say in the mass comm world it's really not it's really neither it's just something that's there that like hasn't gained a a lot of traction i would say 
this year and over the pandemic, Web3, crypto, and a lot of stuff has gained traction because people are home, because people have more, like they have more time to delve into the internet. And honestly, like because we were all home for all those months and still like in different capacities with the uh, with the pandemic, um, it allowed it allowed people to like kind of dive into it. I don't think like cryptocurrency has made its way into the mainstream of mass com. Like I see it on digital sites and I see it on Twitter and Instagram. I don't really see it on like New York Times yet. I don't see it on USA Today yet. I don't see it in a mainstream where like even editors or even like abc news or nbc news lester holt is talking about it in any major capacity but i believe that is where we're going in 2022 2023 um kind of just like social media took kind of time to catch on i mean my first forte in social media i mean i'm middle school in the mid 2000s so we're talking myspace was like my first forte and then facebook but Social media didn't become, I would say, normalized for businesses and everybody really in America. 2013, 2014 is when it's like everybody's online. Everybody has a social media page. So I would say around kind of the same timeline, 2022, 2023 is when like crypto is going to boom or when it's really going to be like, oh, like, like I said, so like I think city like Miami was the first one to they now allow Bitcoin to be to pay your bills. I know a lot of the NFL, some of the NFL players, NBA players are getting paid in crypto. Um, at first, when I saw it, I was like, "That's stupid." And now that I see it at the end of the year, I'm like, "That kind of makes sense to a bit because you're diversifying your money and you're able to use it in different ways that like straight cash can't be used." Um, so, in the mass com, sorry, to answer your question in the mass com realm, I just think it's there. I don't think anybody's saying yes or no to it. But I don't think it's also I don't think it's gained its traction yet where it's mainstream yet either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I want to dive down music and hip hop and my entry point into there. I want to sure. ask you about um, kind of zooming into Columbus and how it feels. But right right before I do, I want to jump on with a quick story about getting paid in crypto, because I, I, I think this is a new concept sure. that has kind of just emerged more this year. And there haven't been too many stories of people that have actually done it. Sure. And so earlier this year, I, I opened up Voice First to allow anyone that's doing work with Voice First to get paid in crypto. Whatever percentage of their income, however much I was going to pay to them, they could decide, hey, I want 20% in Bitcoin. I want 100% in Ethereum. I want 5% in uh, Dogecoin. And people could pick. And then and everybody that was on my team ended up wanting at least some portion of their income in crypto, which was really cool um, because what that... At first, it was like, okay, you're getting paid. Let, let's let's say I was paying twenty dollars an hour. You're getting paid twenty dollars an hour. Like, okay, great. I'm getting paid twenty dollars an hour. A year later, I got to pay taxes yeah. on it. I'm paying. I probably ended up making like ten or twelve dollars an hour after taxes. Great. Not a ton of money. Let's say fifty percent of that income was paid in Ethereum or Bitcoin. You're no longer strapped to the same value. And you have the ability for whatever you earn to appreciate. And so while everyone's walking yes. around and saying, hey, if you didn't get a 7% raise this year, you yes. lost money. Like you did not, you, you can't just like sit at your same wage. You got to increase or else you're losing money because of how much inflation is happening in the US. Juxtapose that with people that did work for me earlier this year are coming back to me and they're saying, I got paid more by working and getting paid $20, $30 an hour at Voice First than I would have earned 
working at Google or Amazon because the value of what I got paid is way more than what Google and Amazon could have offered. And me as a small business owner, like I can offer crypto, whereas Google and Amazon are too big of companies. Think about it. If I'm working and I'm a Google or Amazon employee, what's the likelihood that I'm going to be able to ask my manager and get paid in crypto? It's going to have to go through so many legal hurdles. It's going to have to go through so much bureaucracy. Google and Amazon are really big and it's going to be really hard for them to adapt to Web3. But me as a local small business owner working out of Columbus, Ohio, running an entirely remote team, I can just be like, hey, you guys are all subcontractors, 1099 on taxes. You want to get paid out in crypto? Okay, I'm going to give you that option. And now I can make myself a competitive employer by offering something that the big tech companies can't offer. And so that, that, that's a little side tangent I wanted to go down. Um, but but that, going back over to you, I am curious, like, how have you found the impact of Columbus, Ohio? Like, how have you found Web3 in Columbus? Would you say uh, it's kind of silent there and nobody in Columbus is really paying attention? Or are, like, are musicians talking about it? Are your friends talking about it? Are local businesses talking about it? I would say still silent. And I would say because I started following you and I don't even know what made me follow you. Um, I would put you as the number one person in crypto in from or in Columbus or that's tapped in in Columbus as like somebody who knows crypto, somebody you could talk to and somebody who can uh, really like direct things and map things out for a person. Um, I would say it's like I said, like I feel like crypto is still not, it's not actualized. Like, so we're in 2021 if we flip the script back to 2011 and we were looking at social media and we're trying to juxtapose them to like, did people have Twitters? Of course they did. Did everybody have Twitter? No. Did people have Facebooks? Yes. A lot more people have said had Facebook in 2011 than, than Twitter. Did everybody have Facebooks? No. Did some people used to have MySpace? Yes. Was, uh, was Spotify out in 2011? Yes. All these things were out in 2011. So was YouTube, but YouTube was only like five, six years old in 2011. So people knew what YouTube was, but like it wasn't what it is today or what it is in 2015. So like that's where I feel like we're at right now with crypto and Web3 is that like it's still in its infancy baby stages. And I know it's not technically like it's been around for five to 10 years. I mean, it's been around for more than five years. But when it's going mainstream, it's still in its infancy and baby stages. And like so, I mean. I don't contact that many artists uh, on the daily or weekly, but like, I haven't seen that much. I've seen a few artists talking about NFTs, not necessarily local artists. Um, So I don't see it as something that like Columbus has tapped into and touched. And, uh, but part of me talking to you and part of my game plan with my artist, with my record label and with how I see myself in music and in just entertainment and social media is like, I want to be one of those people that is able to, uh, like you say, set the trend, uh, set the field. One of those people that like brings crypto to a show or brings digital, digital art or digital posters to a show. Or when you have, uh, when you buy my ticket, now I'm thinking like you buy my ticket, you're also buying an NFT with my ticket. You're also buying a digital merch with my ticket, whatever it is. I want to use, like you said, like talking with you and building with you to be able to set myself up with that and my artists that I work with. Love that transition. Have you gotten to start talking to your artists about any of this yet? No, like you said, like, no, like me and Quilly, we talk, but we don't really talk about this. And so like, I like, it's come, it's the end of 2021. Like I said, I've been watching, paying attention 
uh, I went through some like mental health, personal things this whole year. So like coming out of that and like finally clearing my mind to get back to where I was before all of that, um, this is a part of my toolbox and my toolkit. Like, I feel like if you're, like you said, a small business or you want to do big business, like I see like crypto as part of my business down the road and especially with music and entertainment and stuff. Um, but like I said, talking to you allows me to gain the knowledge and gain the understanding. So like when I do want to implement things or I do want to talk to my artists, like I know what I'm saying. Cause like I said, like I knew what NFTs were. I knew what, uh, uh, like you said, um, Dogecoin or Bitcoin is, I can explain it, but like, sometimes like, well, do you have any? Nah. Do you do it? Nah. And, and this is like one of my specific questions. This is what I was like, I really want you to direct me to. It was a video of you filling up your car with gas and you had a blue credit card, which is a crypto credit card. Uh, and like you were saying to the video, like essentially this is free. Like this is all crypto money. This isn't real money. I'm just, that's how I'm buying gas. Like you can use this in the real world. And like, that's where I would want to get for myself, but also other people um, because that's how I want to like have my finances. Like part of my finances I want to be is in Bitcoin. So if, like I said, I get paid whatever is it fifty thousand dollars this year six thousand dollars in regular money or regular cash but in my crypto wallet my digital wallet i have over a hundred thousand dollars and i still work my nine to five like if i can say that with by the end of 2022 i'm sitting where exactly where i want to be sitting um DeFi and so is amazing and i, I gotta, I gotta start, <laughs> start off by, by complimenting you way to way to bring up mental health way to work on it not easy to talk about, especially publicly. Not easy to say that you're working on it, but everyone, every single human needs is working on their mental health. And so thank you for taking time to, to, to bring it up. For, for sure. Um, oh, for sure. The crypto for credit sure. card always gets, gets me excited. And I'm, I'm glad that that's where this conversation's <laughs> heading. Um, I, 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 this statement is something I didn't think I'd be able to say in 2021. Mm-hmm. All I spend is crypto. Listen, and I, I had that, like, and listen, and, like, you, like, literally, dog, like, the video of you pumping gas with like that has been in my mind for the past week, and I think the video, like, the videos you posted at least over a month ago, like, maybe two months ago. <laughs> I, but that's good. I pay, when you, I pay for gas with crypto. I'm currently living see? in a cabin on a river in Indiana with a wood-burning fireplace and smart TVs in full modern kitchen. That's all paid for by crypto. Um, the Christmas presents I just bought for my family paid for by crypto. Um, the car bought with crypto. So like, yeah, what I, DeFi is amazing. And what I think a lot of people, like every single person, in, in I, I'm going to target this at you because you say you don't own any crypto. I'm assuming you haven't done any on-chain transactions. You're, you're spending all of your time and attention no, none of that, on none Web2 of that. platforms. And the biggest thing I encourage the people like you who know a ton and who... Uh, are like, you're right on the edge. You need to do an on-chain transaction, on-chain experiment as soon as possible. Enough talking, like whatever it, whatever the simplest thing is. Right now, to, to throw posters in, which is I think something we could double back to to talk about a benefit for your 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 musicians. Are you familiar with the artist um, Grammatic? Grammatic. Uh, no, but I seen you posted that. Yeah. The NFT yeah, yeah. So grammatics person. a really big, uh, electric electronic artist. And he is artist yeah. number nine to use the latest feature that, that 
that we built. I, I wrote a lot of the code for it. Um, and so I can send you the link. You click on a link. You type in your email address. And then you have claimed an NFT. And Mr. Rich Nixon, if you're saying you've never owned an NFT before, in less than 24 hours, you could say, I got in and I own my first NFT in 2021. And if anyone calls you out on it, you can just send them the transaction hash. You can just send them the link on Polygon Scan and then say, look, you don't believe me? Here it is on the blockchain. View it. Nobody can dispute it. No Instagram or Facebook or Google can modify that metadata. It is set that in stone that Rich Nixon got into, into Web3 in 2021. He didn't wait. He didn't just talk about it and then get into it four years later. He went on, he yeah. typed in an email address, and then in 2021, he was able to do it. And it's that simple of like, a musician throws a show. We throw up a QR code on one of their posters at the show. A fan shows up at that show and scans the QR code, which takes them to yeah. the link to be able to claim the poster. They type in their email address, and then they're told, hey, you just you got the poster. So from a normal fan's perspective, they're just like, okay, cool. I claimed like a digital poster. Whoop-de-doo, who cares? Behind the scenes, we spun up a non-custodial wallet, which is a wallet that they own and nobody can take away. We minted an NFT for them on the blockchain that was entirely gas-free. They didn't have to pay those lucrative gas fees on Ethereum. And then we sent that NFT to their wallet and minted it directly to their wallet so that they own that and nobody can take it away from them. Not mint songs, not grammatic. That fan permanently and irrevocably owns that poster for the rest of time. And once you truly own something, your mind goes, your mind breaks a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Cause so instead of, like I said, and this is how like, and it's funny because and essentially I see web three is going from, uh, well, let me stop real quick. What I see 2020 being, when we look back on 2020 and we're in 2030, we look back in 10 years and we look at the pandemic. I see 2020 being the year we went from analog age of like regular cash, regular money, X, Y, Z, you have a job, you go to a nine to five, da, 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 da. So now on the other side of 2020, now going to 2022, now we're in, I feel like we're fully baked, we're fully baptized in the digital age. You don't have to go to work where you live. You can work on your laptop and live wherever the hell you want to. You can live by crypto or you can live in regular cash. There's way more options with Web3. Back to the poster thing. So let me ask you, like, let me get this straight. So instead of, so it's 2020, 2010, I go to the show, Rich Nixon show. I want a poster. I got to go up to the back, of the, the back of the venue, go buy a physical poster. They roll it up. They give it to me, my $10. Now you're saying in 2021, 2022, I scan the QR code at the Rich Nixon show on a regular poster, and now I'm given a digital poster when I walk into the show, right? Yep. And then okay. it, doesn't, it doesn't go bad. When, when you're traveling around the world, when you're moving houses in Columbus, when you're getting old and you're spilling coffee, it doesn't get any coffee stains. It doesn't rip when you try to pull the tape off to move it to a new house. You can move it anywhere you want, 100% free. When I move to Thailand, I can bring it with me and it doesn't cost any extra check baggage. And then when I set up my room in the metaverse, whether that's Zuckerberg's metaverse or OpenSea or Treeverse or Decentraland, I can hang up my poster in that room. And like because I own that NFT and everyone's reading from the same blockchain, whether it's Zuck's metaverse or OpenSea or like all of those metaverses will all read from the same blockchain. And so 
Like they will all see your balance in your wallet and they'll, they'll all see, oh, okay, Rich Nixon has a poster from Quilly G's performance at uh, Scully's Diner. He wants to hang up that poster in his room, let him hang up the Scully's poster. And then anytime someone shows up at Quilly G or Rich Nixon's room, they can ask you like, yo, what's that poster? And you, got, you can have conversations about it just like you would if someone showed up in your bedroom in Columbus, Ohio. See, listen, you're describing 2025. No, no, no. Like I'm, I'm spending with my crypto credit card, and most people still don't even own crypto. Exactly. And so your normal will become everybody's I wanted, normal I wanted to throw this quote at you. When, when you were talking about uh, everything was out in 2011, like YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, it was all out. I didn't even get an Instagram account until 2018. So like – you may have been one of my first early followers. And like, I, you, you've seen how many I have. I, I, I can't claim to have like a massive Instagram following. And probably part of the reason of that is because I didn't get in early. And the earlier you get in, the, the, the more of the upside you stand to get, which is one of the reasons I try to encourage so many of my family and friends to get in this space as early as possible. Because the more of a pioneer you are, the earlier you are into a space, the more you're able to experiment, learn, try shit out, fail, succeed massively and like come out on the other side, knowing more than the person that doesn't start for another five years. And yes. so like, like I didn't, I didn't learn any of the Instagram hacks until 2018, yes. 2019. Yeah. Meanwhile, there were people like falling off their skateboard, getting bruises and like broken knees marketing on Instagram in like 2011. Yeah. And so the, the quote is from the book, the inevitable by Kevin Kelly. And the yeah. quote is the future is already here. It's just not evenly distributed yet. Web three is already here. It's just not evenly distributed yet. And so my goal right now is to tell as many people of this space as possible. I'm not going to ask for any money from you. I'm not going to ask for any, literally, I'm not going to ask anything from you. I guess, I guess, except that I can publish this so that other people can hear it. And then like, I just want to tell more people about it because it benefits everyone. Like the incentives are so aligned for every single member of this community to work together. This isn't a net zero. This isn't like a, a, uh, what is it? A neutral sum game where in order for me to win, someone else has to leave the spot that I want to get into like four square or like a leaderboard, this is, this is like anybody can win. This is a positive sum game. The more people we have in here, the more the game can be played and the, the, like, the bigger the game can get. So like I'm trying to get Rick, Rich Nixon doing on-chain Web3 stuff as soon as possible, whether that's claiming a poster or buying some crypto. I want, I'm trying to get you in there yesterday so that listen, like our family can grow bigger. And- <laughs> listen, like, and like I said, like, Cause I like I I started following you like you said Alexa for musicians and I'm like oh cause like I don't have a Google Voice or Alexa cause like personally like I got buddies who like don't even like like social media certain things like they're like even more old school than me I don't like having Alexa or all that stuff because like I don't want to talk to somebody in my house because they're listening to you like whether people know that or not like they're mining the data they're taking the the voice they're mining it they're using it for whatever they're using it for and we don't gotta we can dive into that a different day. But, like, Zuckerberg, all these companies, like, the new, the new gold rush is data, is, is the metaverse, is everything online. That is the new gold rush. Um, so I followed you from there. And then, like I said, like, you're diving into crypto. Like, I wouldn't be here talking to you unless I was following you. Like, I don't think there's anybody else I follow like that online that necessarily does crypto like you. And I also like the way you present it is it's like, like you said, you do it in a very like normalized thing. Like you're not trying to sell people on something. You don't have some course to sell. You're not trying to like fix people up and 
you got to join my group and then I can tell you da, 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 and then I can show you like you just your content is this is through your daily your daily efforts and your daily life. Um, I like that the future is already already here. It's just not evenly distributed. So I was and I followed said like part of my mental health and part of my journey for the last few years since the death of George Floyd is like I mean I've always been pro black I've always been a very pro black person but since George Floyd passing and everything that transpired summer 2020 me protesting stuff like it's made me even dive and look even deeper so some of the Instagram pages I follow is like very pro black. And one of the questions that somebody proposed and the guy answered it on, on the page was what's so good about crypto? Um, is this a way to level the playing field? And like, essentially what you just said, and essentially what the guy said, like most definitely crypto is a way to level the playing field, whether it's for poor people, middle-class people, artists, independent, small business owners, like crypto web three helps people to level the playing field because it gives people more access to more things that they can control themselves rather than going to your employer, asking for the cash, going to your banker, changing the cash out, going to a stockbroker, buying a stock, letting it grow. Like you're doing all this yourself on web three as a regular person versus having these middlemen uh, and gatekeepers. Um, it's just the way you go about it and how you see it. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I want to I want to jump on two of the points you said, and then I want to I want to follow up and ask you what's what's attracting you to Web three. There's a lot of doors or different ways people get into Web three, and I want to know what what door is attracting you most to to get in. But yeah, going back to what you're talking about of gold is the the new gold rush is data. I I agree with you. I also agree that this is leveling the playing field. And the example I want to give is what you said about voice. Um, I think I'm a perfect kind of example as to the benefits of Web3 as opposed to like centralized institutions. Voice is a very centralized thing. And in general, artificial intelligence is a very centralized thing. You have to collect a lot of data to train a model in order to create your AI. And most people aren't incentivized to share that information. Like it, it benefits Google to not share their AI tech with other people sometimes. It benefits Facebook to not share its base level AI. Um, they might make some APIs accessible so that we can leverage the AI, but like the base level of how they trained it, what is the algorithm, what is the data set is often private. And the difference with crypto is it's not centralized. It's decentralized. And the biggest difference is an interface as opposed to a protocol. When you talk about AI and you talk about voice, these are protocols that sit at the, t- I'm sorry, these are interfaces that sit at the top level. When Apple made the iPhone, it made an interface for a set of technology and it made it pretty restrictive. Like you couldn't do a lot of stuff. And so people made jailbreaks to try to break the interface to be able to do more things that the interface kind of restricted it from. Amazon and Google are very restrictive environments. Like even as a developer, I don't have a lot of freedom to collect a lot of the voice files that yes. Amazon and Google yeah. have. And as a developer, it's super frustrating to not have that transparency. And the biggest difference with Web3 is everything is transparent. We are still collecting every single bit of that data. And like you said, 2020, coming into this, like we have fully embraced the digital age. There is no going back. When you click on something, we can record that. As a software engineer, I can record that. It is possible. We cannot put that genie back inside of the bottle. But with Web3, it's all open and public. If Rich Nixon goes on to Etherscan right now and looks yes. up Sweetman.eth, 
you can see every single transaction I have ever done on the blockchain. You can see every NFT I bought. You can see every crypto asset I bought. You can see every decentralized application that I've ever done a transaction with. You can see literally everything and I don't have to give you permission for that. You can see exactly the balance of my wallet. If you want to open it up, you can see exactly to the penny how much I have and exactly what crypto assets I have. And I can't lie about that. I can't Donald Trump it and then just like say, oh, I'm earning these millions of dollars. I've got all this stuff and I'm not going to share any of it with you. Wait, what's the, no, what's I can look up Trump.eth and then I can see exactly what he's got. You can look up Sweetman.eth on Etherscan, E-T-H-E-R, scan, S-C-A-N, dot I-O. And then you can look up Sweetman.eth and you can see every single thing I've got in my wallet. And so if you're like, if you truly believe, hey, I think Sweetman.eth knows what's coming. Like, I think he's going to predict everything. And, and like, I want to follow him to see what he's getting. You don't have to just like subscribe to my newsfeed and, and hear what I want to release. You can just check on Etherscan every day and be like, what's he buying? You can see what I'm buying. I can't lie about it on a blockchain scanner. It's all 100% out there. And so to kind of wrap it up, like Web2 companies had the potential to hide all that data and to put up the walled garden and to hide it behind and then say who could look at it and who couldn't. The difference with Web3, we have this massive amount of data and anybody can see it and nobody can stop you. And that is, that's a massive leveling of the playing field. And so then going back to the question that I wanted to get from you, like, what would you say is attracting you to Web3? Yeah, I mean, like, it's in the news, it's hot, it's being talked about. But for, for Rich Nixon specifically, what would yeah. you say is, like, the aspect of Web3 that is attracting you? So, yeah. So on the personal scale, um, it's, like you say, the live, like, now that I see it is, like, I can... I can have financial freedom without it being tied to my business or my bank. I can literally, just like you say, have the crypto, have the crypto wallet, have the crypto debit card, sell and make money uh, through Web3 on crypto. And like, I can provide myself a financial freedom totally aside with like the everyday world. And like, it's crazy we're talking about this because like, and I don't want to say it like this to say like, oh, this is da 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 da. But like, Web3 is the matrix. Like the matrix is here because you're able to live in this other world. Like I said, Ready Player One, that is not of the real world. And you're able to do more and have more at your fingertips if you know how to use it. Um, On the business side, I'm with you. I want to be first to the gold rush so that if I'm setting up things for an artist, I'm setting up things for myself down the road. Like I also want to do NIL deals and NIL um, NIL sponsorships with with athletes and stuff down the road as a businessman. So to be able to have my knowledge and my ability in this, you can go a lot further than just the regular, like a record label who can master and utilize Web three in twenty twenty two can do more than a regular major label at at some aspects and some points, if you know what you're doing and if you know how to utilize it in some aspects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely what, what's pulling me is definitely, I would say the financial freedom and the ability, like you said, that like I have one card in my wallet. That's a bank. That's a Huntington bank card that I swipe and I scan and I can pay my bills with. And then I have another card that's crypto, uh, cryptocurrency and crypto wallet that I can scan just as much as a bank card. But this wallet has essentially unlimited money. And I'm like, I was making banking transactions today at the ATM. And I was literally thinking, like, I'm telling you, dude, like you buying gas with that card has been in my mind for at least a good like month. Um, 
Love, but, love that I got that meme to you. That's really for sure, dude. For sure. Um, but like whether whether it's in a bank, whether it's Chase Bank, uh, U.S. Bank, Bank of America, Huntington, Fifth Third, whatever bank you use. Like uh, I don't. You ever seen the movie Blow with Johnny Depp? I have not, but I. So you need to go see that movie. Uh, it's about um, him selling uh, cocaine back in the eighties. Uh, one of the famous cocaine dealers in the eighties who dealt with Pablo and everything. Um, but one of the one of the famous lines in the movie is by Ray Liotta, who plays Johnny Depp's father in the movie, because um, Johnny Depp becomes a drug dealer and like the whole neighborhood's kind of ashamed of him. His mom's kind of ashamed. But as he's growing up, his dad has this line of like, it's just money. It's not real. And like I'm at the ATM and I'm thinking like whether these are numbers on a crypto screen, like you say blockchain and oh, you sold the board eight for three million. I, one of them was supposed to sell for 30,000 or three million and it sold for 3000 or something. Or whether it's a bank, like you say, a real bank card at Fifth Third Bank, like they're literally just numbers on a screen at this point, like. Cash is real. Like, obviously, a $100 bill is more than a $1 or a $5 bill. But, like, it's literally all just numbers on a screen. And if you can make those numbers go up, then you can do a lot for yourself. Let me ask you, what has stopped you from, like, downloading Coinbase and and buying $5 worth of a stable coin like US? Yeah, um... Or even even Cash App or Venmo. Like, I I think even Cash App or Venmo, you could... You like just buy five dollars in, or even less, like th- like one single dollar, and then you could like just just to whatever the smallest thing is. The least- yeah, what stopped me? Um, uh, it's it's really uh, it, just the uncertainty of it. I was actually at a grad party um, this past summer, and like a guy I met there, like he had like three or five of the coins. And he was telling me that, like, oh, you don't have to just buy Bitcoin or Ethereum. There's other small coins that you can buy that, yeah, they don't yield as much, but you can buy them for, like, I don't know, like half a dollar, whatever it is. And then they can get you more money within a small amount of time. Granted, it's not going to go up by that much money. But if you make $30 on it, you made $30 on it. Um, mm-hmm. it for, for me, it's more the uncertainty, the not knowing. And like I said, you've instilled the, you've instilled the confidence in me. Like just watching you has showed me some things, but also just this conversation. Um, so the the biggest thing holding me back was the uncertainty of it, um, and not knowing like, okay, I did this, so what is this? So uh, how, how does it feel right now? Like in this in this conversation, do you does does that is that yeah. uncertainty still um, like? If if I told you to to de- like buy three dollars in crypto or one dollar in crypto right now, would would does that uncertainty still speak up inside of you? Like, do you still feel that? Not the same and not as much. Like if you said, hey, Travis, download this, put $3 or $5 in this XYZ, I'll I'll either do it tonight or I'll do it tomorrow. And because you told me and you certified it and you stamped it and I feel comfortable with you, then like I have no problem with going to do it because I know that information is like at least solid and it's not just some la-di-da like, oh, just figure this out and go here. Like, Like Pat told me this, Patrick told me this, it's all good information. XYZ, I can move ahead with it now. Mm. Appreciate appreciate the trust. I definitely um, want to get to a place where where you feel confident in your own understanding above and beyond what I say. So for for sure, but for sure, dog, for sure. But I also like I feel like the trust doesn't come from like it just being you. It comes from like the content I see and I like and I don't say I know you, but like I see what you put out and I see like it's authentic, it's real. 
Like I've seen your interviews with people. I've seen you talking to people. I've seen you talking about Alexa and like what you do. Like I can see your passion for it, but I can also see like, this is just who you are and what you do. Like, this isn't you trying to like make a buck on people. This isn't you trying to like, Oh, if you buy my coin, then I'll, I'll show you more. So buy my coin first and then we'll go ahead. Like you're just really trying to like show people, educate people uh, and bring more knowledge out there. So like, that's, that's what makes it to me believable and trustworthy. I really appreciate all these words of affirmation. I want to, I want to respect your time. Um, I'll ask a couple, couple more questions. I'll ask, I think maybe one or two more questions and then I want to turn it over to you for any other questions you've got for me. For sure. Um, you're, you're pretty, you're getting like deeper and deeper into web three, probably more than a lot of the people, you know, at least in Columbus, if not in the broader, broader world. For other people that that ha- like have less experience than you, or who haven't even like looked at it, or all the people that that haven't gotten to the place that you're at on the mountain, that they, they, they haven't gotten so high, like what's a part of the view that yeah. you see looking out that they might be able to benefit from, or like a little note that you could give to someone who's not in Web three of like encouraging them to to get closer. Any any tips? You mean Web three in general, or like the Web three in general, it, like or, th- or this whole whole space, whatever, whatever's yeah. been attracting you, like a word. Yeah. Um, I would say like, and it's it's hard to be aware of something that's like not mainstream. Um, I would say just like more of like click it around and see what's going on, but I'd also say the number one thing that people is is pay attention that uh, when you see something pop up on your timeline or you see something that pops up in your life that you're like, "Eh, I don't really know about that. What is that? Don't necessarily always shy away from it. Try to just look into it. Try to do for yourself. Um, I feel a lot of times when we talk about leveling the playing field, a lot of times regular people, regular Americans we think that we can't do things or we think we can't build things or create things because we don't necessarily have the information to get there. And if you have the information or you, or it's put in front of you, or if you try to go seek the information, you'll figure it out to a certain extent, little by little. Um, but I think a lot of people stay away from a lot of things because they don't have the information. Um, so I would say pay attention and just watch what's going on around you, especially when it comes to web three crypto and those things. Last question I've got, and then I'm going to turn it over to you. Um, is there any information I could provide or any way that I can help you onboard other people into web three, whether that's your musicians, your family, your friends, any tools that would be helpful for you or like pieces of information that would be helpful. I want to help more people onboard more people into web three. So like any, any tools I can provide you to help you share this. For sure. And that, I mean, that's, those were my next two, those were my couple of first, and like, I don't have two, I don't have any questions, those are my questions. One, like, are you saying if I want to dive into crypto, just go download, go download Coinbase, like, to, like tonight? Is that how I dive in? Web3 is a skyscraper with about 10,000 doors of different ways to get in. And everyone, everyone comes in through a different door. And I don't want to give like a concrete, this is what you should do because gotcha. the door, the door that led me in might gotcha. scare you away and might make someone else really uncomfortable. And so like, I, I, I encourage you to do an on-chain transaction as soon as possible. 
there's there's ways that you can do it for free, like minting a Mint Songs poster saying, from any of the musicians we've got free posters from. All you got to do is type in an email. Or if you want to start bringing your finances in, it sounds like finances yeah. are a really big thing for you. Look like download Coinbase, buy a stable coin. That way your, your funds don't like change in value. And if you put a dollar in tomorrow, you can pull that dollar right back out and you don't lose any of your money. Um, if you want to like start working more in the metaverse, I would recommend you go and like join a DAO that you like. If your musicians want to like look at Web3 for DAOs, there are really cool DAOs that are going to replace record labels where musicians can work together inside of a collective DAO. They can all promote each other and they can all benefit from the, the collective growth of that DAO. And these okay. music collectives, these musician DAOs are being spun up. And for like some musicians, yeah. like you might just throw their way like, hey, you should check out this DAO instead of trying to like get signed at Warner Music Group or some like massive label. Check out this DAO. Go join them. You don't have to jump through any hoops. You can keep all of the things that are important to you, and like you can benefit from having all the benefits of a record label without giving up and giving up your soul. Um, so uh, yeah, I'd say that there are a lot of doors, which is one of the reasons I asked, like, what's attracting you to the space? Because whatever's making this big building shiny to you is probably the door you should go into, um, and you should just trust whatever's drawing you to it. Know that yeah. you can dive into this space headfirst, and there is like. This isn't a shallow end where you got to like be careful where you dive or else you might hit your head on the ground. Like this is super deep waters. I've been diving down this rabbit hole. Like you've seen how long I've been posting about this and there's still so much that I haven't tapped into in this space. So for all newbies, I just, I say, be careful about burnout because we yeah. like, even on this hour long combo, I'm sure we've talked about a lot of things you don't spend your time on in the daily space. So like, be careful that you don't go too deep, too fast or else your ears might pop and you might like, Feel burned out for a little while. Don't worry, you'll recover. You'll, you'll come back into the space after you've had a couple of days to recover. Um, go into whatever door is attracting you. And like, like you said, pay attention. Don't, don't let anyone, don't, don't follow any gurus, develop your own opinion, find the people that you trust and like build information that way. But, but like do on-chain transactions as soon as possible. So I'm not going to give you like one recommendation, but I, if you have further questions about like options, I would be more than happy to go down them, but I'm, I'm not going to give you like, I'm not going to tell you, Rich Nixon, go do this. I, I, I will not be that guy. For sure. And listen, I, I, and that's why I respect and like really appreciate and really love you because like you're, you're leading people to water or you're leading people to the ocean, but you're letting them decide to do when they're at the beach. You're not telling them like, hey, you need to go jump in, you need to go swimming lessons, and you need to go off the diving board. Like you're telling people like, here, I led you here. You go figure it out. You can do it yourself. It's just a free playground. Um, Okay, so I would say, like, yeah, how do I, like, one question, like, how do I get that crypto credit card? Like, that blue credit card you had, I want to go buy gas January 1st, next week, mm. or in two weeks. Mm. How do I go get that crypto credit card? Mm. Two weeks, you, you, you're going to be pretty pressed. Um, so, giving you okay, some so then, Okay, so here, so slow down. So, we'll say, we'll say two months okay. then. Okay, yeah, two months, you could, you could figure it out. Uh, so, okay. Let me, let me try to keep this simple because I could really go down a big rabbit hole. So simplest way, you find an exchange you like, whether that is Gemini, Crypto.com, Coinbase.com, some company that has built a relationship with a credit card company like Visa. Um, each of those centralized exchanges offer debit cards gotcha. and some of them offer credit cards that you can get. Um, so Gemini offers cards, Crypto offers cards. I use Coinbase, so I have the Coinbase card. With all of them, 
you should be able to look up like whatever exchange you decide to go with, you should be able to look up on Google Gemini debit card, Coinbase debit card, and they should have a page dedicated to it that'll give you all the info you need to know um, about using that card. I have the Coinbase debit card. And so what that means for me is I, uh, I load up USDC. I, you, you get to pick whatever crypto you want to spend and whatever crypto you want to get back. I like spending my stable coins. I don't want to spend my investments. I don't want to spend my Bitcoin. My Bitcoin is going up in value. I don't want to spend it at the gas station. I want to spend a stable coin that is always going to be valued at a dollar. And when I load up my debit, when I load up that bank balance with $300, I know $300 is going to be there when I need to spend it at the gas station. I don't want it to change in value. So I spend my USDC, my stable coin that is USDC, and then I earn back uh, Ethereum. So I, whenever I swipe my card, I immediately get back uh, Ethereum, which is way different than my credit card because my credit card, I get cash back. I think I get like 1% or 2% back in ca- cash back once a month. And so once a month, I get paid out all my rewards. But crypto, with this credit card, I swipe it and I get 4% back instead of 1% or 2%. I get 4% back for everything I swipe. And I get it back immediately in crypto. Um, yeah, so that's how I do it. I keep that filled. Whenever I start getting low on USDC, I just fill it up from my bank account. But like my company's about to start paying me in crypto. I've been pressuring them. And because Coinbase is one of our investors in Mint Songs. And so Coinbase actually has rails to allow me to get paid as an, a W-2 employee in crypto. And so soon I'm not going to have to bridge from fiat into my USDC. I'll just get paid natively in uh, crypto. But that's how I do it. And for a lot of people, what I recommend is like start looking at DeFi and start looking at how much harder your money could be working so, for you if if you weren't paying all those people sitting in the nationwide building or like, like you're living in Columbus, Ohio. You've seen those skyscrapers filled with people working in office cubicles that are just clacking away at a keyboard, not really getting anything done and just like getting paid to, to, to turn the gears and keep business moving forward. But when you're working in DeFi and with stable coins, I can get paid 4% back in rewards. Like my checking account pays me less than 0.01%. But when I keep my money in a stable coin like USDC, I get paid back like, 10x the returns just by keeping my money there. And so like this is I, I'm I'm throwing you something that you'll probably start to see like six months or eight months from now. But I see Rich Nixon, like when you really dive down this rabbit hole, you probably were your checking and savings account are probably going to move over to crypto because your money's going to work harder for you passively over there. And it's just as accessible over there as it is sitting with Fifth Third or US Bank. But your money's just going to work harder for you because you're not paying a bunch of people in a skyscraper. It all just exists in code that runs on a blockchain. So like it, all, of the, all of that profit goes back to you instead of going to random people twiddling their thumbs in office. I hope that answered your question about the debit card. I, I definitely went on a tangent. <laughs> okay, so like I'm on Coinbase.com. I clicked on learn. Um, I see some of it like... And so, listen, and this is what I'll tell you is, like, what keeps people away, the average Joe, the average person, is because, like, there's a little bit of homework that comes with it. There's a little bit of, like, reading, uh, searching, figuring out what's for you, what's not for you, figuring out, like, oh, this is good if you're working with other people. This is good if you're just by yourself. So I would say that aspect has kept me back a little Mm -hmm. bit, and I can see for a lot of other people that like that aspect has definitely kept a lot of other people back because like I said, like, and this is what I'm going to say too. And like, 
before I said, before I was thinking about saying pay attention, you were like, well, what can a regular person take away? What would you tell somebody? Like, to be literate in crypto also takes being literate in regular financial literacy at times. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're not literate financially, just with regular cash, regular money, like knowing just how to like balance a checkbook, knowing how to pay your bills, knowing how to like make sure the account is zeroed out, knowing how to make sure the account's not negative, knowing that when the account goes negative, you got to put money back into it and zero it out, or you want to put like at least a dollar positive in there, or knowing that when it goes negative, the bank is going to charge you $25 because it was negative for 24 hours, whatever it is, I would say what keeps people away is not having that financial literacy. So then we're going from regular banking literacy and regular money literacy to like some digital stuff, digital literacy, digital financial literacy that like it's adding another layer that like in the way you described and what I'm seeing, it can really help. It can really, like I said, really level the playing field, really do a lot for the average nine to five worker. Um, It's essentially digital banking without a regular brick and mortar bank. bank. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Agree 100%. That, that's why it takes me helping you so that you can help 10 more people that don't have those tools. Sure, people trust sure. you. And so I want to sure. give you the tools so you can go out there and help them because this is leveling the playing field. But in order for it to help you, you got to like understand it. And you're right. We need people out there that can talk to people at the level that they are. You and so that, that's why my follow-up question is like, how can I help you? So honestly, bro, like just more conversations of this. If me and you talk like this for, for one one hour every week for the next 10 weeks, I would put myself in a better position to help others and to help myself. So if that's like what it takes or that's the ability we can do, then I would love to do that too. I'd love um, it. An idea that's been spinning through my head is having more panels. Like the cool thing about this Spotify green room cool. is like you've probably seen a couple people have come in and have started listening and they might yeah. bounce in and out for a little bit. But yeah. if you if you bring like some of your musicians in, I can invite them all up on the stage and we we could have kind of a panel and we could make it a panel of just like kind of chatting about music in Web3. And if a musician, one of your musicians don't feel comfortable enough to like ask questions or contribute, they can just be here part of the conversation. If they do end up having a question, we can speak up and we can just kind of make it like a fireside chat, giving giving space for us to jam on these combos, to like create space for it to happen, for us to like, sit around with the homies and chat about it in ways that apply to us. Like, cause you're right. The Coinbase website is speaking to a super broad swath of people. And when, when I can talk to just rich Nixon, the conversation is totally. For sure. And then I would also say too, like you said, and I, I, I see why you're trying not to like, Hey, go do these three things. It'll help you with crypto. Because like you said, it's a skyscraper with a thousand doors and another thousand windows or 10,000 doors, 10,000 windows. So for you to tell people to do these three things, these three doors and these three windows, you're limiting it so much that it's like, Hey, like, I'm, like you said, you're still diving in. So to tell people to do these three or five things, you're kind of limiting people's playing field and where they could go dive in and what, what could help with them. Um, so like at the bottom of Coinbase where it says learn, it has all these Bitcoin, blockchain, Cardano, crypto wallet, DeFi. Um, I was going to ask, what was I going to ask you? I was going to ask you something else. Um, hold on. So I can get that card from what you call it. Yeah. When you say stable coin, what does that mean? Great question. Stable coin is 
crypto that is pegged. USDC is a stable coin pegged to the price of a US dollar. You found it on, on Coinbase's website. Can you read that again for the, for the people in the back <laughs> that didn't hear you? I got you. USDC is a stable coin pegged to the price of a US dollar. Its goal is to make transactions faster and cheaper than traditional payments while reducing the validity of uh, volata- volatility typically associated with cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. Boom. So that, that's, the, that's the legalese. That's what the, the, the geniuses at Coinbase decided to put. Do you have any, do you have any questions reading that? In, uh... so, okay, so wait a second. Is USDC backed by it is the not. Federal Reserve? That is a great question. USDC is backed by Coinbase in a company called, I think it's called Circle. And so you can look, you should gotcha. look it up and you should see like, what is my money backed by? Because like those are questions you can ask in blockchain and you can take a deeper look and you can see how is this being pegged to the US dollar? Because like they're doing it mathematically and you can peek under the hood and take a look. Um, it is backed by something, but that, that's a great gotcha. question. The, the short answer, no, it is not backed by the Federal Reserve. Yes, it is backed by some sort of uh, collateral. Gotcha. Okay. And so and I was having this conversation on Saturday. Um, same thing I was telling you, like, the, like just like, and being a small business owner, I opened my business account like back in the summer. Um, I've had the LLC for like two years now, going on three in May. Um, I would say being a business owner opens you up to more financial opportunities than not having a business. So that's, I would say, the one difference is. And then two, I was saying like the numbers on the screen and it's just money, it's not real. Uh, And I'm reading, like you said, USDC versus a regular dollar in your pocket both are essentially just backed by the faith of the buyer and the consumer. I mean, one could be stronger than the other, or we could say one is stronger than the other, but essentially, especially when the U S moved off the gold standard, it's literally just the faith of the consumers and the faith of everybody who's using the dollar worldwide. That makes the dollar so strong, not because it's a U.S. dollar and it's the greatest country on earth, Exactly. but people don't really see and know it as such. Exactly. One, one, one hundred percent. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a, it's a good realization. <laughs> All right. Let me see what else I got. Um, okay. So even aside from the of Dow, outside of a Dow, what, and I was reading this on, uh, have you heard of United Masters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our our product manager came from United Masters. He talks about great company. Re- for sure, for sure. And I follow I follow them. Um, Steve Stout helped to found it and push it, or helped to like come on when he came on with it and push it too. So they were talking about like the essentially the possibilities of an NFT and essentially the metaverse. How like as an artist, you can create virtual concerts, virtual venues. You can do more for your for your audience. Um, like, wh- how does NFTs and metaverse level the playing field for smaller artists and just artists in general? Great question. Um, how do NFTs level the playing field for artists um, in music in general? First thing that comes into my head, it kind of blurs the line between who's on stage and who's in the crowd. Right now, when if you like Drake's song, and you go out there and you, you play it for all your friends. Anytime you get in a car with someone else, you're like, yo, Drake dropped this new track. 
Let's bump it. You bump the whole album. You loop the album all day, every day. Anytime someone's with you, they're hearing the album. How does Rich Nixon benefit from that at the end of the day? From, from doing all that promotion for Drake? He doesn't. Uh, You're not. You're the the consumer. But what happened if every single time that song was streamed, a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of that revenue went back to Rich Nixon? Because he owns an NFT from Drake, he gets a percentage of the royalties from that song. So now every time he goes out and he plays that song inside of someone else's car, not only does he get a little bit back from playing that song in someone else's car, if they like it and they play that song, he's now getting all that revenue from all of his friends that are streaming it. So now Rich Nixon has even more of a reason to promote Drake's music because he knows every time someone's going to play that song from Drake, he gets a portion of that revenue. Drake then sees, holy Schmidt, I have so many more people playing this song. Wow. With all of my fans being my marketers and being like guerrilla marketers, that's awesome. I'm going to release more of my music and give more of a cut to my fans to really pour gas on this fire. So even though Drake might be getting a smaller cut of the overall pie, that pie is able to grow so much further because fans are incentivized, because when, when Drake wins, the fan wins as well. Whereas right now, no matter how much you, I put into a musician I like, typically I don't get any kickback from that. Even though I might love them, it's purely out of my own emotion and love and attachment that I do that. I don't get yeah. anything in return. And so like leveling the playing field, musicians can now yeah. crowdfund an album off of their fans without having to go to a centralized record label to get, to get funding for their promotion. Uh, fans can now earn Fans can now earn, like, was that possible before blockchain? Can you name an example where a fan can make money off of a, of a musician's music? Additionally, uh, if I bought a CD from you at, uh, at, a, at, like, I'm at Rich Nixon's concert or I'm at Drake's concert and I buy one of your albums, I go and I resell that album to a friend. Do you end up getting any of that as an artist? Do you end up getting a, any of that paid back to you in royalties? No. But when I sell an NFT that's on a blockchain where royalties are tracked, and so... In the smart contract, it says, oh, Rich Nixon gets 5% of all sales in perpetuity. Even if that's been sold 100 times, you're still getting 5% back into your wallet immediately. Like, uh, I don't know if that answered your question. I hope it did. I think this is a very important question of like, how is this leveling the playing field for all artists? And so like, I do work with Mint Songs. So that's the question we're trying to answer. And so if this doesn't feel like a satisfactory answer, I would love to dig in here. But that, that's my initial response. So I'd, I'd love to hear how you feel being more like boots on the ground. And- no, that like it, it, it blows my mind to a point uh, when you first said it blurs the line of who's on stage and who's in the crowd. Some of that I like, some of that I don't like. Um, I do like the point of like, so, and this goes into the whole Web3, like Web3 allows everyone to earn some tiny, whatever it is, you can get something back for yourself as a regular person, consumer, buyer, whatever the F you are, Web3 allows you to get something in return. So essentially, songs become NFTs of themselves. And when you own the NFT or you own a song, you can get it back. And that's when you say the whole minting songs. Um, It's it's next generation, bro. It's like, that's all I can say. And listening to you explain it, um, and this is what I was thinking about before I got on the calls. Like people, like record labels, everybody laments, like, "Oh, Apple Music, da 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 da." Like iTunes, like before it was before it was Spotify and Apple Music, 
it was iTunes. Before it was iTunes, it was Napster. Before it was Napster, it was just files in an effing hard drive. That's all they, and that's all, and that's why I say this is the Matrix, because that's all this is. It's literally, like you said, it's files, it's, um, it's code, it's just words and numbers on screens, like ones and zeros, ones and zeros, if, if people know what that is, like, whatever. Um, so having the NFTs, I'm with you, it levels the playing field. Like you said, it can crowdsource, an artist can tell somebody like, hey, you put this music out, you can make money too, not just me. So damn, if I'm a, if I'm a fan, why would I not go promote this? Because I can make whatever I make back within Coinbase or whatever I can make back digitally and crypto crypto wise. Or like I said, now I'm thinking, okay, you're an artist. The first 100 fans, if you sell 10 tickets, you can get money back from the ticket sales, not just me. Well, if I'm a fan, why would I not go try to sell more tickets for this artist so I get money back too? And this is all done digitally. This isn't done face to face. This isn't done mm-hmm. signing signing stuff and trying to meet people and all that stuff. It's all done digitally. So yeah, it does. So you can't have like a promoter go and say, "Hey, I'll do this for you." And then when you go and do it and you show up, he's like, "Oh, I'll do it later." And then it ends up never never happening. This is on, in a smart contract on a blockchain. Nobody's nobody's gonna go at all at all. Um, and it just kind of levels the playing field. Okay, another question. How okay? So, do you own a board ape? I do not. If if I if I could afford one, I would definitely buy one. I do not own one. I that is yeah. Our CTO and well, our CEO owns one. Okay, so and you just like you threw that in there. If I could afford one, whatever. Who sets the effing price for these board apes? Like why? Like, how is this NFT? three million dollars but if i took a picture of the spider-man poster tomorrow would that that wouldn't be three million dollars so what makes a board eight so expensive phenomenal question phenomenal question uh each individual gets to make up their own price it's a totally open marketplace and so what happens is in an open marketplace you've got people that that have goods and you've got other people that want those goods and so at any given time, someone can buy that good for the lowest price that anyone's willing to sell that good. And so you've got a platform like OpenSea sure. that just says, hey, you can list any NFT you want at whatever price you want. And so uh, someone will list something at a certain price. And immediately, like the first person that sold a board ape, there was no frame of reference behind that. Someone was just like, hey, I'll sell this to you for a dollar. And someone else was like, great, I'll buy it for a dollar. And then they bought it. And now there's a floor price of a dollar. And then someone else sees that and they're like, well, I want to sell my board ape. I saw this guy sold it for a dollar, but I think they're more valuable now. So I'm going to list mine on OpenSea at $2. And then he buys it for $2. And then someone else is like, okay, I want to sell my board ape, but I want to sell it fast. So I'm going to list mine. I see someone sold for two bucks. I think I could sell it a little bit faster if I sold it underneath that. So I'm going to sell mine at one and a half dollars. And then lo and behold, someone, a collector has been waiting for a board ape to go up for less than $2. And so he buys, he snatches it up instantly at a dollar and a half. This guy's a flipper, so he wants to make a profit. So he relists it at, at $5, hoping that someday the value is going to go up to $5. And that cycle just continues to go around a bunch of like really smart people as well as a bunch of degenerates that are like getting intoxicated and then looking at this and FOMOing in or buying in. And like true chaos has come out and, and shown what, a, what the floor price is. There's nobody setting the market. There's nobody controlling it. It's entirely like 
random smart people as well as degenerates that are sitting inside of their houses putting up one individual ape for sale and then that creating a market that's like an emerging hole. So if you talk about like an emerging consciousness, the floor price of apes and the price of apes is entirely an emergent behavior from a bunch of individual actors all acting in their own. Yes. Yeah. Did, did that answer it or did, was that more confusing? No, it answered it. It's just like, cause like DJ Khaled bought one of the apes. Ah, for like, ah, like so why is it so high? Ago. Well, um, that that's, that's a cultural question. And that that's like just super important of like what memes are valuable, what brands are valuable. Like why is Supreme, why, why is Supreme so expensive? Like yes, there's, yes, there's no yes, like yes. pragmatic, like Way it's just like culture. Get, culture get, says get, it's expensive. So it's expensive. Like culture, what, what, one of the big things web three teaches memes are fucking valuable in culture. If, if you know what's culturally important, you can succeed in this space, whether it's like knowing what memes will get the most likes or knowing which basketball shot is the most valuable out of a game. So listen, I'm glad you said like, like the memes set themselves and culture is king. It's important. So that goes like back into the whole hip hop thing that goes into some of like blackness and black power and definitely into America and mainstream. While culture is important and culture is king, sometimes, like you said, the degenerates, and this is what we, we you see, like, I know, I know what you're, I don't know literally what you're talking about in the space of Web3. I know what you're talking about in the space of cultural degenerates. So, for instance, I'll give the example of, like, the sneakers and the shoe flipping. Like, am I a sneakerhead? No. Do I own that many sneakers? No. Do I spend $200, $100, dollars $150 on sneakers? No. But... I do know what a lot of people lament is people who come into the sneaker game just to make money and who aren't doing it for quote unquote pure intentions. So they're flipping and they're just making money just to make money. For instance, the whole housing market with Airbnb and just flipping houses, people lament that in certain neighborhoods in America that they've become essentially Airbnb neighborhoods, that these aren't even neighborhoods where mostly people live anymore, that these are neighborhoods that people have come in to flip and to just essentially live and buy off the market. And that's what you're kind of explaining with the NFTs, right? Exact same. Yep. Okay. Okay. So when you said culture is king, that makes me pause sometimes because I see that while culture is king, while hip hop and rap that, like I said, like Lil Baby bought one like a month or two ago, uh, DJ Khaled bought one in the last month. And he even knows, Post Malone, who? Said who? Jason uh, Derulo, like the, the list okay. goes on and on. Uh, I mean, DJ Khaled, I was watching the video. That was so funny. Did you see when I posted that on the story? He's like, did I get it? When do I get it? I, I think, yeah, yeah. He like, I don't even think he like, <laughs> not even know what he was buying. I don't even think he knew no what he idea. was doing. I just think that like somebody said like, hey, you should do this. It'll get you clicks and views and it costs a lot of money, but it'll make you some money too. And so he's cool with it. Cool. But, like, I don't even think he knew what the no idea. Right years, over his head. 40. Like, he doesn't know. He's, but also, I mean, that's a lot of people. That's what I'm trying to say. A lot of people now, like, I would say, like, I'm 27. Like, how old are you? About, about the same. Yeah, I'm 25. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So, like, I feel like we're in the age range where, like, we're able to do these things and we're able to learn and still adapt. But I would say 10 years above us, somewhere between 35 to 40, 
you get you're to an age where like you've done something for so long it's hard to adapt and to see the new of it to see like how it can help you and what it can do for you um but like i said dj Khaled is like i don't i want to just point to his age but like he didn't even know what he was doing and so i've seen that and i'm like come on now like you got people buying apes or you got people buying nfts which like i'm with you you want people to participate you want people to be a part of it you want to show people this is doable but i feel like when you do things like that and not to say he shouldn't have bought it like of course more power to him he should go buy it if he has it it cheapens it at points in times, if you know what I mean. That's what I'm saying with the Airbnb or with the sneakerheads. Like a lot of people see the degener, like you said, the degeneracy of it, the degenerates. Like those people, you cheapen the art and the culture of it because you're just here, literally, just to make a buck and literally just to be in the crowd, just to say you're in the crowd. Super interesting take. Super interesting take you just posed. Love, love that you brought. Um, but I'm with you too. If I had three million dollars in crypto i'd probably have to go buy an ape my damn self to say i have one and to say that like i stand in these circles like i have an ape you got an ape i'm somebody that has an ape whatever the f that means i have it like whatever 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 the f it means to show up at a party and wear like dolce and gabbana or to show up in my ferrari and to be able to chat with the other people that have ferraris like just like you said i've joined a cultural club and that has meaning to people. Like it, if 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 I freaking have FOMO when I when I see photos from the board eight party and I see a billion people there, I'm like, fuck, that's a club I can't be in. Like it makes you want to be there. There's the fear of missing out. For sure, for sure. So, but see, like I said, like <laughs> culture is important. But see, like I feel like culture without awareness and understanding, that's where like I don't want to say it angers me, but that's where I step back and I'm like, do you know, like. So you said, like you said, a million people at this board eight party or X, Y, Z at this board eight party, or you pull up in a Ferrari and 10 other people got a Ferrari. You pull up in your Ferrari, you know the ins and outs of it. You know who Enzo Ferrari is. You know, like, how to drive it, whatever, whatever. You, 30 minutes later in the party, some dude or some girl comes in, almost crashes the shit, parks it and walks in. It's like, hey, what's up? And you're like, dude, do you know what you're doing with that? And they're like, no, I don't, but I got a Ferrari. I'm here. Take. Okay. 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 Let me this is back to you. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. This is, this is a super interesting rabbit hole to go down of, of the, of the intentional smart so, people that exist in web three, because some of the smartest people in the world are ditching their old jobs and they're, they're diving entirely into web three. And these are like the smartest people in the world, writing the best research papers and everything. And then you also have these, the degenerates that are like sitting behind their computer. They wake up, they get intoxicated. They're intoxicated all day. They're just flipping stuff on. Uh, open sea they're they're tweeting stuff out they're like they're you know like they're, they're probably making a tweet that says smoking a blunt which nft should i sweep up the floor on and they're they're just like they're clicking and buying these are numbers on a screen they really don't care and so like it sounds like your perspective is those 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 people that are just like buying ferraris and flipping stuff like they they're devaluing the overall market and they're making they're making this culture less important is would you say that is that a good i would I wouldn't say less important. I would just say it cheapens it to the people who are here for certain reasons. And this, and I, I, I say that because like, it's how I juxtapose like hip hop culture, rap culture and black culture that you have a lot of people that come to rap music, hip hop culture, and really just black culture in general that want to be a part of it in genuine ways that they like what they see, whether it's a TV show, Fresh Prince whether it's like you say, listening to Drake, whether it's cheering for LeBron, cool, cool, cool. 
glad to have you here. But, and I don't know like how this kind of goes to Web3, but over the last two years, but just in general before that, you have a lot of people that will partake in rap culture or partake in black culture that you're literally just here to look in the window and take from us. But if it was real life or we didn't offer you this music or if we weren't your favorite basketball player or if we didn't show you how to wear something a certain way, outside of that, like you don't want to deal with black people or you don't want to be around the culture. So I don't know how that really ties into Web3, but like you said, the degeneracy is like you have a lot of people participating and taking, but some of those people are not here for the right reasons, if that makes sense. Phenomenal take. I'm, I've, I've heard a similar take from one other person and much respect and love. I think we need more people that are here to be intentional and aware and are here to pay attention. So I'm, I'm very much in favor of supporting that meme that like we want to de-incentivize the degenerates while incentivizing the people that are here for the right reasons. Very, very- and it's hard to and it's hard to do that. I know, and like, just like, just from this one, this conversation and seeing, like, it's like, you sign up for Coinbase, you sign up for this stuff. What are you going to tell somebody? Like, you're not here for wrong reasons. Get out of here. You can't sign up. Like, of course not. What are you going to tell somebody? Like, why are you buying this eight? Because I want to sell it for five million. Well, you bought it for three. Well, I want to sell it for ten million. Well, I don't want to sell it to you. Like, you could do that, but at the same time, like, it doesn't work like that. So, it like you said, culture is king. It's also upon the culture, whether it's gatekeepers, editors, I say editor because that's like mass common, like a journalist thing, like an editor, um, an executive producer, uh, the people who have the ability to affect the change and to create, I don't want to say rules, but I would say some guidelines to the culture, if that makes sense, um, which I would say you're one of those people. Uh, that is how the game should go or how it should be played. But as in a lot of other games, a lot of other industries, there aren't any rules until people decide that there has to be rules. Mm -hmm. And so everyone that's in the space right now is making those rules. And so that's why I want to encourage you to get in and you to get your musicians in as early as possible because you guys are writing the rules right now. That everything's on the table. Everything's up for grabs. The, 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 The playing field is totally flat. Who's going to be out here grabbing the land, taking up space, showing everyone how it's done? For sure, for sure. Well, I, we've been on here for an hour and a half, and, and Web three burnout. So I don't want to. I don't want you to have to go and recover for another month. Do you have any final <laughs> questions that you want to wrap up on before we, uh, before we tune out for now? Um, no, I will say I'm probably going to sign up for Coinbase um, and click around and poke around. Um, I will. Probably the only question is like I would just like to say like I hope we can do this again uh, and connect again. Um, and last question is the green room. Uh, this thing Spotify green room is this just like Clubhouse? Just like Clubhouse, entirely free. I both of us will get a, a copy of this recording after it, and it, it uploads very easily into the podcast software I use. But short answer, yes. Okay, because I, I don't have Clubhouse. I just I paid attention. I know it's big. I just like. I said, I want to do my own podcasting down the road. I want to do other things with social media, with MassCom. I want it to look a certain way. So I haven't like delved into that thing, delved into it. But like, I just know about these things. And so like, I hadn't heard of Green Room, but it just seems super familiar, super like accessible. 
Yeah. Thank, thank you for taking the time to, to do this hard work of onboarding. It's, it's not easy for you to get ready to take the red pill. So I, I appreciate you making the effort to <laughs> taking the step to say you want to get out of the matrix. It's really appreciate you making the time and, and taking the effort. This has been an hour and a half of critical conversation. So thank, thank you for joining me today. Yes, I, I really yeah. appreciate you, you making the time for this call, Rich Nixon. Thank you, Patrick. We'll, we'll talk some more and I really do appreciate it. It's been, it's been eye-opening. You've educated me. You've helped me. You've opened me up to a lot of things uh, that I wanted to know that I didn't get to know before. Um, but moving forward, you've done a lot for me uh, and just for people that I'm around, like you said, to onboard, to help push it and to help to like level the playing field. So I appreciate all of it, dog. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Rich Nixon. We are now closing the chapter on 2021 and we will be back next week in 2022 with our first episode of the year. Thank you everyone for being with us while we grew and changed and adapted throughout this year. Again, if you've got any feedback, please leave us a show note or reach out to us sweetman.eth on any social media site. Thank you everyone. Have a great, happy holidays, happy new year, and see you in 2022. Sweets, signing out.